finished work of the cross. We'll continue talking about that. Uh, but let's begin with a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, give us divine light tonight by the grace of Almighty God, by the mercy of Almighty God. Open our eyes, help us to see, illuminate Jesus. May we see him high and lifted up. May we experience the benefit of all of his cross tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. You don't have to turn there, but Romans 12 and 2 says that God gives us a renewed mind and we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. And we can maximize the benefits of the finished work of the cross as we renew our thinking. As we begin to see the Bible and the Word of God as God sees it. As we begin to view the covenant and the cross of Christ in the way that God sees it. And so that's what we're going to ask tonight, that God would open our eyes tonight, give us divine revelation concerning the finished work of his cross, so that we can begin to tap into the victory of that cross. So that we can begin to experience supernatural manifestations in our life, because we are, through Jesus Christ, a supernatural people. We're not the same anymore because of the cross. We've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. And so all of those benefits of his resurrection are ours when we understand these things and when we release our faith concerning these things. So I want to go uh, back to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And this is sort of like a review a little bit before we uh, sort of tap into some new information. But we want to really look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse, verses 17 and 18. We're going to kind of use this as our foundational scriptures. It says here in verse 17, For Christ sent me, Paul says, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. How many of y'all know the gospel needs to be preached? The true gospel needs to be preached. The true gospel needs to be believed. Amen. And so Paul says he, he, to preach the gospel, not of not with the wisdom of words. Least the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. So man's wisdom, man's wisdom begins to hinder the effectiveness of the cross in our lives. When we look at the word of God from a natural perspective, it hinders the power of God in our lives. God wants us to view these things from a spiritual perspective, from a raised up perspective, with divine light concerning his victory on that cross and our part in it. Not with the wisdom of words, at least the cross of Christ should be of none effect. So the, the Bible says the cross of Christ, even though we're born again, even though we're saved, even though we have the victory, we can not experience that victory to the effectiveness that God wants us to, if we're not walking by faith concerning that victory. Amen. Then it says here in verse 18, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. So folk in the world, they don't understand what we're talking about. And sad to say, a lot of Christians 
don't know what we're talking about when we're talking about the finished work of the cross. And the ability of the believer to tap into it, to receive supernatural help, supernatural deliverance, and to walk in life and dominate in this life just like God wanted Adam and Eve to. So the finished work of the cross is foolishness to them that don't understand these things. But to us that are saved, it is the power of God. So God's unlimited power is made available to the sons of God, that's you and I, by way of this cross. The unlimited power, I think in the book of Ephesians, it talks about the unsearchable riches of God, the unsearchable riches of Christ, the unlimited power made available by the divine resurrection of Jesus Christ and our part in that, those things that have affected us spiritually, when we believe these things, we, we tap into the unsearchable power of God. Things that we've, uh, that, uh, we've only dreamed about, God wants to manifest in our generation. Jesus said, the works that I do shall you do also, and greater works shall you do, because I'm enthroned now at the right hand of God, representing you there. Hallelujah. That's where we're positioned, hallelujah. And it's time that we begin to see ourselves as God sees us, as he sees us raised up with Christ. This is not just uh, talk that God's talking about. This is real Holy Ghost revelation that God wants his church to to know and experience. Not just to know it, but to experience it. He wants us to truly begin to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Because those powers and principalities, as Pastor Angela was talking about, they have been disarmed. They have no ability anymore to destroy us or to hurt us. All they have, all Satan has, is deception. He's the master deceiver. And if he can convince us that the word of God won't work for us, it won't. But if we can tap into and begin to walk in the spirit and begin to experience the resurrection power of of the cross, we can then become partakers of this holiness, of this victory, of everything that God wants us to know about Jesus Christ and our, and our union with Him. We're heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. Always remember that. We're, that everything that belongs to Jesus belongs to you and I. We have to see that. That's, that's, that's where it begins. We have to really understand that the cross means victory for every believer. Now, let's look at chapter 2. And verse 2. And again, this is our review. I think we touched on a lot of this last week. But I really wanted to go back over this tonight. Paul says, for I determined, it was his determination not to know anything among them except Jesus Christ and him crucified. All Paul preached was power. Resurrection power. New life power. That's all he preached. Everywhere he went. He spoke it in different ways, but it all came back to the point that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ has the power of God resident in her. Each and every one of us are filled with mighty power. But we have to begin to understand it in order to tap into it. Again, The renewal of the mind translates us or transforms us into what God wants us to do. So it doesn't happen overnight. 
But what has to happen is that word, that power of God that is already resident in our reborn spirits once we got born again, it's all there. What has to happen is the word has to become engrafted in, in, in our, into our souls. Our souls have to become in agreement with what the, word, with, with, what the Bible says because it's already resident in our reborn spirit. So our souls have to sort of get saved, so to speak, in order for us to really experience these things. And it's the work of the Holy Spirit by way of the Word of God. The Word of God is the sword of the Spirit, and it divides, it divides soul and spirit, giving us access and revelation concerning these things. But it's as we begin to meditate on those things. Let's go to Ephesians. So Paul said all he wanted to preach was that, was the victory of the cross, the power of God's res- of Christ's resurrection. And I want to touch on some of that tonight in terms of what we have right now. A lot of times we're waiting on certain things, but we want to understand that there's some things that we already have on this side of, of, of the cross and on this side of heaven that God wants us to tap into. That's why the Bible says, and I like to quote it over and over, you, you are new creatures in Christ Jesus. Old things have been passed away. Behold, all these things have become new to us. We can experience these things. So, Paul says here in the book of Ephesians chapter 1, and this is a prayer, by the way, that you can pray for yourself. You can pray this on a regular basis for yourself. And I'm going to tell you something. When you begin to pray along these lines... God will begin to reveal some things to you. He'll begin to open your understanding up to the things that we're talking about tonight. So it's in your private time that really you begin to uh, tap into the victory. Asking God to reveal to you. So Paul prays for the church at Ephesus. He says, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. So light has to come. That's one of the first things when I approach God in prayer. I always petition him for light, for Holy Ghost light. I don't, want to, I don't want to worship God anymore in darkness. I want light. I want to see that throne room. Hallelujah. I want to see them living creatures around that throne room. Hallelujah. And I want to join in with them as it is my blood-bought right to. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know. He wants us to know these things. The hope or the expectation of his calling. Hallelujah. How many of you know each and every one of us are sons and daughters of God and we have a divine calling upon our lives. And part of that calling, as we talked about last week, is to demonstrate to the principalities and powers the manifold wisdom of God. To show Satan and those demon powers that we know that they have been defeated. And to glorify our God as we do so. The hope of his calling And what the riches, I love it, I love it, the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. So the inheritance that God has in us is a rich inheritance that's going to last throughout the eons of eternity. This is an endless covenant that we are, that we are to experience with our God through Jesus Christ. So he says, what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. So it's in us. God's looking to us. 
Then he says here in verse 19, and what is the exceeding greatness? I love it. The exceeding great, it exceeds greatness what God has done. The exceeding greatness of his power to us would, who believe it. It's, it's, it. The power of God is always flowing toward us. It's always been made, it's always has been made available to us. But it, 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 it's manifested and we begin to enjoy it and experience it as we release our faith for it. So I'm never without power. I'm never without Holy Ghost ability. I'm never without the anointing that destroys yokes and removes burdens. I've, I've always got that because the Word of God says so. And the cross has bought and paid for that ability in Him. Glory to God. And what is the exceeding greatness of His power to us who believe according to the what? The working of His mighty power, which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead. Hallelujah. God, give us revelation of resurrection power. What that power that was released when Jesus Christ was on the cross. And when He was raised from the dead. That power that was released in the borrowed tomb of Joseph of Abimbrathea. That same power that we can tap into. The greatest demonstration of God's power was manifested when he raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And that same power dwells on the inside of each and every one of us right now. Hallelujah. We just have to believe it. We just have to renew our thinking concerning those things. I remember when Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration. And he peeled back his humanity, and allow the disciples to see his deity. Hallelujah. That same Holy Ghost power, that same Holy Ghost strength dwells on the inside of you and I tonight. Somebody said, when I get to heaven, I'll get it. No, you won't get it when you get to heaven. If you ain't got it before you get there, you won't get to heaven. You got to, we got it now, but we have to understand it. We have to understand it. Satan, how many of you know the devil sees it? He sees it. He knows who you are. But he just doesn't want us to know who we are. These are the things that the cross has afforded us. My people are destroyed, God says, because of a lack of knowledge. Simply because they don't know. They're not experiencing those things that have been freely given to them. But as God begins to give us divine light, and enlightens us to these things. We begin to possess our inheritance more and more and more. So I'm going to read verse 19 again. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he, God, wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly place? So God has raised up Jesus. Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. Can you see that tonight? I said, can you see that tonight? Can you see him seated there? Then second, the, the second chapter says, verse 1 says, and you had he quickened. See, that's important. You had he made alive. You had he given access into the holy of holies. We're there spiritually. 
Everything that you see in the Word of God concerning in Christ or in Him, that means that everything that He is at the right hand of God, you are too. Come on, church. You have to be quickened who were dead in trespasses and said, you're not dead anymore, but you've been made alive. Okay? That life has been given to us. Let's look at uh, verse 10 of that same... No, 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 no. We've got to go back to 1 Corinthians, chapter 2. I love Ephesians, but we'll go back there. 1 Corinthians, chapter 2. So we've been made alive. We're seated at the right hand of God with Jesus. Divine revelation is ours. God, God will enlighten us. But it says here in verse 10, But God had revealed them, had revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. So the cross connects us and the deep things of God. The cross connects us with the overflow. We did a teaching here for about five weeks on the overflow, God's overflow. And that's what the cross does. It connects us with God's overflow. All the victory, all the power, all the anointing, all the strength of heaven. The unsearchable riches, it connects us with that. But these are the deep things of God. This is not surface knowledge which we're talking about tonight. You won't get this on the surface. Anything valuable, you got to dig for, right? So when you begin to search God and seek God, then God begins to reveal these things to us because then he knows he can trust us. The reason Jesus walked in such divine power is because, and God could, because God could trust him. God could trust the Son of God. Because, guess what? The Son of God only spoke the Word of God. You know, that's, what, that's another thing that hinders us. We don't speak the Word enough. Amen. When you begin to understand these things, you'll begin to automatically start speaking the Word of God out of your mouth. Because you begin to understand the power of the Word of God. That it truly is the sword of the Spirit. Satan knows it. The, de- the demon powers know it. But the church needs to get a revelation of that. So that connects us. The cross connects us with God's overflow. Those are the deep things of God. Verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world. The spirit of the world will tell you that there are limitations. The spirit of the world will tell you in religious, in religion, that you can go so far you can't go any farther with God. But we are not, we don't have the spirit, the spirit of the world, but we have the spirit of God. And we have access to things because we're sons and daughters of God. We have access, we have access to God, true access to God, both now and forever because we're sons and daughters of God. Now we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. Why? Why did God give us his spirit in this fullness? That we might know the things that are what? Freely given unto us. So the cross has allowed us to experience all of this freedom in Christ. The same life 
that Jesus experienced when he walked the earth has been opened up to you and I. The same power that the Son of God walked in because he was baptized in the Holy Ghost, just like you have been baptized in the Holy Ghost. That same Holy Spirit will empower you to do signs, wonders, and miracles in his name, if you can believe it. This is what the cross has bought for us. This is what the cross has afforded us when we release our faith concerning these things. Those demon powers that were cast out on these last Sunday services, we're just just scratching the surface. We're going to see more and more of that in greater measures. The angelic visitation that we're seeing right now, all of that's going to be amplified in the coming weeks and months because of prayer and because of divine light. Because we're seeing things that God wants us to see so that we can tap into things that have been given to us as an inheritance. Amen. The very throne room of God is our inheritance. Let's go to 2 Timothy. Look at some things there. 2 Timothy chapter chapter 1. Paul writes to Timothy, he says, who had saved us. How many of y'all know it's a blessing to be saved? (laughs) To be saved. Amen. To be saved. To be delivered. And called us with a holy calling. Not according to our works but according to his own purpose and grace. His own purpose and grace. Now, you find God's purpose when you go back to the book for man, when you go back to the the book of Genesis. Let's go to chapter 1, Genesis chapter 1. His own purpose and grace. Genesis chapter 1. So this is what God's purpose for mankind was in the beginning. And how many of y'all know God's purpose for mankind has not changed? Everything he intended for Adam and Eve to experience, he still wants Adam and Eve's seed to walk in. Okay. The only thing, again, that hinders us from experiencing God's purpose is a lack of understanding concerning our access to it because of the cross. So he says here in verse 26, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, and over all the... Somebody say all the earth. Over all the earth... And over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. 
So that's God's purpose for mankind. That was his original purpose. And again, God's purpose has not changed. He still wants you and I to experience domination or dominion in this earth. And when Jesus said that it is finished on the cross, he was saying in reference is that that same dominion has been returned to everyone who will believe in me, who will get saved and through the new birth believe in me because all power in heaven and in earth has been given to him. Amen. He is the head of the church and we are the body of Christ. So everything that he, he experiences as the head in, in terms of dominion authority, he wants us to experience also as his body. Amen? So those things have been returned to us by way of the cross. That power and dominion authority has been returned to each and every believer through the cross. That's why Satan hates the preaching of the gospel concerning the cross. Because, again, it connects us with the power of God. Hallelujah. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 14. Thank you, Jesus. So this is what the cross has accomplished. These things are what the cross has accomplished. Isaiah 14. In verse 24, the Lord of hosts has sworn, and this is what he said, surely as I have thought, so shall it come to pass, and as I have purposed, somebody say God's purpose, so shall it stand. So God says, I've sworn, and my purpose I won't manifest it, and it will stand. My purpose will stand. Verse 25, that I will break the Assyrian in my land. Now, the Assyrian is a type of the devil. It's a type of demonic power. God says, I will break the Assyrian in my land, where my church is concerned. And upon my mountains, tread him underfoot. How many of the power of the Holy Ghost is what we need? The, the release of the power of the Holy Ghost is what we need. Upon my mountain, I'll tread him under my, underfoot. Then shall his yoke depart from off them. Talking about you and I. The devil's yoke. We ought not be yoked up with the devil. The devil ought not have any power to, to put his yoke upon us. Because the Bible says, his yoke shall depart from off them and his burden from off their shoulders. Now the yoke and the burdens have been destroyed, another scripture says, it's because of the anointing. That burden-removing, yoke-destroying power that is resident on the inside of you and I sets us free from every yoke of bondage, from every tyranny of the enemy, from every sickness, from every fear, from every demonic power. We have already received the victory by way of the cross because God has purposed this. He says here in verse 26, this is the purpose, that it's purpose upon the whole earth. God wants his will done, manifested in the whole earth. He wants his church dominating the whole earth. Hallelujah. This is God's will. Somebody say, well, that's far-fetched. No, in the mind of God, he calls it done. 
He sees it done through you. He calls those things that be not as though they were. You, you may see yourself weak, but God sees you strong. You may see yourself incapable, but God sees you capable in Christ. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Amen? This is the purpose that is purposed upon the whole earth, and this is the hand, God's hand, hallelujah, that is stretched out upon all nations. For the Lord, verse 27, I don't have 27 in my notes, but it says, For the Lord of hosts has purpose, and who shall disannul it? God has all power. Nobody can stop the will of God when God gets ready to do something. The only thing is, can he do it through you? Can he do it through me? He's, he's purposed to do it, and the devil can't disannul it, but we have to yoke up, hook up with him, and allow his power to manifest in our lives and through our lives as we gain revelation of the finished work of the cross and everything that Jesus bought and paid for us. I think we went through uh, Isaiah last week, and we talked about we saw Jesus on the cross he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we're here. We got to see that. We got we, we to we see that those stripes that he took, they really and truly healed us. Oh, yeah, the devil can try to put the yoke upon us. He can try to bring sickness to, to us. But that yoke has been destroyed. Amen. And one of the ways that we release the power, that power is by speaking no matter what we feel, no, no matter what we see, we still speak the word. By his stripes I'm here. No weapon formed against me can ever prosper. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for me, for it is written, curses is everyone who hangs on the street. So that the blessing of Abraham may come on me. Hallelujah. The blessing of Abraham is ours. When Jesus said, it is finished, the Abrahamic covenant was ratified by his blood. And every promise in that covenant, we have access to right now. I said right now, hallelujah. So God's purposed these things. Now, let's go back to Second uh, Peter, I mean Second Timothy. Somebody say glory to God. So everything that he has done, he did it for us. How many of y'all know God didn't need deliverance? We needed deliverance. He did it for us. So God's purpose, we find out his purpose. The cross has accomplished his purpose. Verse 10 says, But it's now made manifest. In other words, we should be able to see, see these things. We should be able to experience these things. By the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death. He has a, Jesus on the cross, and through the resurrection, he abolished death. He outlawed death. He said, death does not have any power or any hold upon those who have been redeemed. Any form of death that will try to invade our lives by way of the serpent, we can, we can resist it. 
when we submit ourselves to the word of God, the Bible says we can resist the devil and he'll flee. Okay? So Jesus abolished death. Teresa, do you have John eleven twenty six? I don't know if I had it in my notes or not. I'll, I'll put it up. I'm sorry. I thought I put it in my notes. Probably didn't. John 11 and 26. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection. Well, 25. Whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. And he's not talking about your physical body. We, we all, if he tarries, we're all going to, our physical bodies are going to go back to the earth. Okay? But he's talking about this life, this new life that we receive. He said they'll never die. So death has been abolished. It's been outlawed as far as we're concerned. Spiritual death is no longer our portion. Now, you were and I was spiritually dead before we got born again. Okay? But once we got born again, we tap into that life. We tap into God's life. We tap into the Zoe life of God. God's life. That abundant life that Jesus talks about. We have access to it now. And we tap into immortality. Immortality. Let's go back to Second uh, Timothy, chapter t- uh, one, verse ten, because I want to talk about that for a minute. Thank you, Lord. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Where are you, Timothy? There you are. 2 Timothy 1 and 10 again. But it's now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who had abolished death and brought what? Life, eternal life, and immortality to light. He's talking about your reborn spirit. When you hook up with Jesus through the new birth, we tap into immortality. Hallelujah. That part of us is not mortal. It's not mortal. Because it's hooked up with the Zoe life of God. Jesus said we, that we would be, in uh, chapter 17 of the book of John, that we would be one with him. Just as the Father is one, we would be one with him. Okay? And so that's how God wants us to see it. I, I, I envision it this way. See this circle. There's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost in that circle. And you and I are included in that circle. Amen? So we have this type of life and this type of access to the deity. We're not deity, but we have access to the deity. We have access to immortality. And the Bible says it's brought to light. We begin to understand these things as we begin to understand the word. As we begin to understand the power of this covenant. Okay. 
and we begin to experience God in ways that God wants us to experience in this world. But the scripture says, as he is, so are we in this world. Okay? You have to see yourself that way. You have to see yourself connected eternally right now with Christ. Then you can go in and you can possess those things that God wants you to possess. Those things that he has freely given to us, we can begin to experience those things in our lives right now. So it starts with the new birth and that divine light that God gives us. Okay. Let's go to the book of Colossians. Chapter 2, the finished work of the cross. That's what we're talking about tonight, the finished work of the cross. Nothing else has to be done for us. Everything has already been done that needs to be done in order for us to experience this power I'm talking about tonight. Jesus did it all. Let's look at verse 12. Buried with him, buried with Christ in baptism. Wherein also you are risen with him. So God wants us to get a revelation that that old man died just like Jesus when he was on the cross. They buried him in that tomb. He wants us to get a revelation that that old man that you used to be is dead. He's buried. When you get that revelation, when you begin to understand that, that that old man does not exist anymore, then the Bible says you can understand the power of his resurrection. Because he says, buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are what? Risen with him. Hallelujah. So when God saw Jesus Christ raised from the dead, God's perspective was he began to see you raised from the dead at the same time. And we begin to experience the benefit of that when we put faith in the operation of God. When we begin to understand all these things and begin to allow the Holy Ghost to put all these, this puzzle together. We begin to see and we begin to have faith in the full operation, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and our access to that resurrection life in this life. Again, a lot of times, again, we're waiting on to get to heaven. Thank God for heaven. Praise God for heaven. You know, when we get to heaven, it's going to be wonderful. Glory to God. There are no enemies in heaven, though. There are enemies here. And that resurrection power and life is supposed to defeat the enemies here. The enemies of fear. The enemies of sickness. The enemies of poverty. All of these are enemies. That God wants us to conquer in our generation through an understanding of this resurrection power and through putting faith in the operation of God, which he had, who had raised Christ from the dead. So when we put faith in that resurrection life, that resurrection power, the finished work of the cross, we begin to tap into these things. And Satan has no choice but to let us go. He has no choice. His, his thing is to keep us in darkness. His thing is to keep that veil over our eyes. But once that veil is removed, he gets out of town. He gets out of town. And he'll go bother somebody who doesn't know. Yeah. He'll go check them. But once he knows that you know, 
he begins to go to the other direction. And that's the truth. That's the truth. If you could see yourself in the spirit, you'd know it. But when we begin to look into the perfect law of liberty, which is the word of God, the, the, the word of God is the perfect law of liberty. It is, it is that mirror that when we look into it and we see ourselves, the finished work of the cross and everything that has been afforded to us, we begin to walk in victory. We begin to experience lives as more than conquerors, just like the Bible says. So we put faith in the operation of God who had raised him from the dead. Verse 13, and you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, again, hath he quickened or he had made alive together with him, having forgiven all trespasses. So we've been quickened with Christ. We've been made alive with Christ. Again, uh, Ephesians chapter 2 says we've been made alive with Christ. I like to meditate on things like that. I like to meditate on the truth of that. Because the Lord said, if I, I could know the truth, the reality of these things, that truth, that reality will make me free. Just as free as he is, I will be free when I allow the truth to take hold. Verse 14. Blotting out the handwriting of the ordinances that was against us. It's not against us anymore. Blotting out the handwriting and the ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us. Those things were against us. And took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. So when you see Jesus on the cross, bearing your sin, bearing your iniquity, Knowing that those nails that went into his body, they took away all the power that sin had over you and I at that time. But we got to see it that way. Chapter 3. Verse 1. So, Paul takes it has a conclusion that we believe these things. He says, I, 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 I've preached enough and I've wrote enough here that you ought to be believing. He says, if you then be, in, be risen with Christ, and again, the light of the Gospels tells us that we, we, we've been raised with Christ. If you've been risen with Christ, then he says, seek those things that are above. Now that's where we release our faith. That's where we ask the Holy Spirit for that illumination and that light. That's where we can see the throne room and everything that's going on in that throne room. That's when we begin to worship God in the Spirit. And we're no longer worshiping Him in the dark. We've been raised up and we understand that that's our place. That the blood of Jesus has bought us this divine access to the holy of holies of God. The most holy place in the whole universe, you and I have access to. So he says, seek those things that are above. Why? Where? Where Christ sitteth at the right hand of God. 
Then he says, set your affection on things above. Stop looking at things on the earth, he said. We don't deny the things that's going on on the earth, but our affection is not there. We set our affection on things that are above. Where the the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost are. In the throne room, hallelujah. Like I said, I like to, when I go to God at the end of a long day, and this body, this flesh is weak and tired, I like to lay my head in his lap. Yeah. I like to get close to him and just let him know that I know that he's my strength, that he's my bread, that he's my water, that he's my very life. And I begin to worship him there. In the light, hallelujah, as the Holy Ghost gives me light. I begin to worship him there. I begin to adore him there. I begin to see Jesus there, hallelujah. And I begin to see myself there seated with Christ. And the strength of the Holy Ghost begins to give me strength in this mortal body, hallelujah. I've, said, I've had it many times. Come up here many times, tired, dead tired, dog tired. And the Holy Ghost just takes up, The power of God gives power to this human flesh. Hallelujah. Set your affections on things above and not on the earth. For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Glory to God. So that's how God sees us. God sees that old man dead. And our life is hid in Christ. Stand to your feet tonight. Stand to your feet. We got more, more to do on this. Oh, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, help us. Give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Open the eyes of our understanding, Father, that we would know what the hope of your calling and what the riches of the glory of your inheritance is in the saints. And, Father, what is the exceeding greatness of your power to us who believe? May we begin to experience it, Father, in our generation. May we begin to see these things as you see these things. May we develop by the mercy and grace and light of God the mind of Christ. In our generation, Lord. And we'll glorify you in it. We'll give you all the glory and the praise for every manifestation of it. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen and amen. Glory to God.